Chapter 13. Koamar Hashem Eli. Thus said God to me, Yirmiyah was speaking, Aloch vikanita lecha ezar pishtim, v'samto amatnecha, uvamayim lo tviyehu, v'akneto ezar kedvar Hashem, v'asim amatni, amatnai. God said to Yirmiyah, buy yourself a loin coin of linen, put it around your loins, but do not dip it in water. And Yermio says, I did so. I bought the loincloth in accordance with God's command. I put it about my loins. Then God spoke to me again. Take the loincloth, which you bought, about your loins, go to Prat, Prat sounds like the Euphrates. Go north to Prat. Covered up there in a cleft of the rock. And Yermio reports, I did what God commanded me. I buried it at Meneu, as God commanded me. And in verse number six, Vahimi Ketsyamim Rabim, after a long period of time, Vayom Rashem Elai, Kum Lech Parata, Go down to Prat and take the loincloth that I commanded you to bury there. I went there. I dug it up. I took the loincloth. After I dug it up, I found out that it was ruined. This is God's prophecy. So God says that what you did, what you acted out, the prophet is acting something out. And we, we will come across this in other places in Yirmiyahu, where the prophet acts out something. And the question can be raised, of course, what is the purpose of the prophet acting it out? And there are various possibilities as to what the purpose might be. We can certainly say that when the prophet acts out the prophecy, the prophet is fully connecting to the prophecy. It's a way to make the prophet, to allow the prophet to fully connect in the deepest way what the prophet is saying. That's certainly one possibility. So in this particular case, now God interprets what Yermio was instructed to do and did in fact. So will I destroy the pride of Judah and the pride of Jerusalem, the great pride. Those who refuse to listen to my words, who follow their own hearts, shrewd libam, phrase that we've encountered many times, they follow other gods. They like this loincloth, which now is worthless. And then God continues in verse number 11, this loincloth, which, you, which clings close to your loins, I, says God, I, says God, brought close to me 
the house of Israel and the house of Judah, that they might be my people. Ushem utila utiferet is a phrase taken from the book of Zvarim, but they refuse to listen. That's the first part of the chapter. So he's acting out the prophecy which God expresses God's disappointment. I took them, I made them so close, we were so close, and they have abandoned me. Once you abandon me, you become worthless. You lose your purpose. You lose your worth. That's the beginning of chapter 13. And then we have a continuation of this story. You shall say this thing to them. Now the way it's written, actually, the way the verses are broken up, you shall say this thing to them, is the beginning of the next verse. It continues, Koamar Hashem. But actually, with the way it's written in the in the in the Bible, the is the culmination of the previous story. But the way the verses have it broken up, it's interesting. It connects the two. You shall say to them the following: Say to them, every jar should be filled with wine. They're going to say to you, don't we know that every jar should be filled with wine? What else is a jar for if not to fill it with wine? When they say this, say to them the following, Say to them the following, Behold, I am going to fill up all the inhabitants of this land, Shikaron, drunkenness, drunkenness, and I will smash them against each other, nipatstim, parents and children alike. I will have no pity and no compassion. No mercy will stop me from destroying them. And what is the point of this prophecy? The very next verse, Shimu v'hazinu al-tigbahu ki Hashem diber, attend and give ear, be not haughty, for God has spoken. And the fundamental theme of chapter 13 has to do with haughtiness. In point of fact, the book of Devarim, the concern of the book of Devarim and the predictions about abandoning the covenant and the dangers once you possess the land, the way the book of Devarim sees the primary danger is you will abandon, forsake God out of a sense of plenty. When Israel becomes becomes fat, becomes big, then they will kick. They will, they will forget the past. They will think that their successes are due to their own actions and forget how they got where they got with the help of God, with the help of all those who have preceded us. So in chapter 13, that is the primary thrust of the prophecy over here. Verse number 9, the loincloth, which was so close to the person and so close to God, 
But now, Kacha Ashchit et Gaon Yehuda, viet Gaon Yerushalayim Harav. I will smash Gaon, the pride of Judah, and the pride of Jerusalem. And the prophecy about the the uh, jars, every jar should be filled with wine. Don't we know that every jar should be filled with wine? But the point of the prophecy, I think, is that the jar that is filled with wine is a two-edged sword. That on one hand, filling the jar with wine represents that you have sufficient food, that there's plenty. The vine, the wine, is something that runs through the entire book of Yermio and elsewhere. Israel is compared to the vine. And that's part of possessing the land. The land is called Eretz Zavat Chalavudvash. But therein lies the danger as well. Because when the wine, when the jar is full, when the jar is full, one can lose a sense of, of direction. One can lose a sense of proportion. I'm going to fill the wine, the jars with wine, and that will cause the people to be drunk, to lose the ability to think reasonably and rationally, to forget their purpose. And when that happens, one turns against the other, and all are destroyed. So that's the theme, actually, of chapter 13, in the first part of chapter 13. The second part of chapter 13, the remainder of the chapter, is a continuation of this same theme of haughtiness, beginning in verse number 15, as I mentioned before, Shimu v'azinu al tigbahu ki Hashem diber, give ye, do not be haughty, Tnu Hashem Eloheichem kavod, v'terem yachshich, v'terem yitnagfu ragleichem acharei neshef, ki v'item lo'ar v'samer l'tzalmavet v'shit l'arafel. So the way it's presented in these verses, give honor to the Lord your God, that somehow when people think only of themselves and their own position and are filled with their own importance, by necessity that diminishes the opportunity and the possibility to give the proper respect to God. So the warning over here, of course, is if you give God kavod, respect, then you will be able to see the world properly, a sense of proportion, and you will avoid the darkness which will certainly come if you refuse to listen. And if you refuse to listen, the emotishma'ua but if you refuse to listen because of your arrogance, my inmost self will weep. My eyes will stream and flow with copious tears because the flock of the Lord is taken captive. And once again, as we have encountered several times already, in our study of Yirmiyahu, it's very hard to know who is speaking. Is Yirmiyahu himself speaking? Give God glory. Give God respect. Appropriate proportion. And if you don't do it, I will cry in secret. The Mistarim Tivken Nafshe is the one who's crying Yirmiyahu? Or actually, is it a description of God? If you don't do this, we saw already in the previous chapter the extent to which the book is willing to present gods in the most human terms. 
And over here as well, but Mistarim Tifken Nafshi could be Yirmiyol speaking of himself. It could be God crying for the flock of God, Eder Hashem, has been taken captive. And once again, we have this interesting tension between, on one hand, punishment that is deserved, anger of God. On the other hand, identification with the people that are suffering. I will cry in private. I will cry in my inmost self will weep. The Mistarim Tifken Nafshi.